Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. The offseason is officially over. Now we move into over-unders. Huh? Yes, sir. Huh? See what I did there? I see what you did there. Um, a couple. Of, well, do you have do you have housekeeping items? Um, no, no housekeeping items. Okay. I've got a list of injuries. So I was thinking we'd probably just do the injuries as we do each game. You can you can do that. Yeah, let's do that. that that's gonna put a lot of. That, that's all you, buddy. So I appreciate it if you it's do that. Some undue pressure, but I think I can handle it. Okay. So here's some thoughts. Right. Um, we're even closer to actual football contests being being uh, played so I'm pretty happy about that um, one thing I want to point out is the Big Ten actually gasp did a good job here at least to start out with this weekend I'll be honest with you I haven't dug into weeks two through whatever um, but how it lays out it is a Big Ten game on Friday night two in the morning two in the afternoon yep two at night they did a good job of actually staggering the games where somebody like me and you can toggle back and forth, have a main game we want to watch, yep. toggle to the other one. That's nice. It is nice. In fact, I don't even have to use all three of my TVs this weekend. I only need two of them. <laughs> you only need two. So I got the big screen, the 65-inch, and then I have two 50s, one on each side, and I only have to turn on one 50. Truth be told, we are at the Upstairs Athletic Club. Yes, the, the right annex now. of the Downstairs Athletic Club, located right here in the city of Minneapolis. For Mr. Kurt, um, sometimes we're, most of the times, we're at the Downstairs Athletic Club at my house, but we've switched things up for schedule and whatever needs. Um, so, yes, you should see Kurt's setup that he's getting ready to do. It's going to be impressive. I guess you could put like a swaggy SEC or Big 12 game on that one if you want. I'll probably to. do that. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'll do that. I think I'll go with like a, a group of five game. Okay. You're going to go that route. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that. Because I, I, I like the group of five. Right. I, I do enjoy watching them. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the group of five games are about as fun and competitive as anything you can run into. So, um, okay. What else? Um, I think we pretty much called this, right? Pretty much right on cue. Right when the the season is going here, we've got the weather that has reared its ugly head. Boy. Now, looking around the forecast, it does look like most places are going to be okay. Yeah, like I, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad. I've got weather notes for each game. We can go into that during each game. Yeah, but absolutely. The, the weather here has just been atrocious, abysmal. Oh, my like God. it. But September and most of October, the first week of October were incredible. Up yeah, here. I mean they were pretty it was pretty warm actually. Right. Like wouldn't it have been nice to I don't play, know play football? <laughs> wouldn't that have been something? We would have been blessed with some of the most amazing weather to start the first five weeks out of the season. It's true. Six, it's, a, it's a shame that Kevin Warren doesn't listen to the podcast because we actually said that. Yeah. Um speaking of weeks, I'm gonna put the pressure on you again. I guess this is a pressure podcast for you. I'm sorry. Okay. Is this week one for us or week eight, which is technically getting caught up with the rest of the college football world? How do you want to how do you want to defy this? Week one. Yeah, good. I was hoping you'd say it because it'd be kind of confusing yep. if we did. Um, then before we get into our predictions, which 
if you happen to butter your toast that way could be used as financial advice. I just want to say, if there is a big COVID announcement where a bunch of dudes are gone from sure. one side of the ball, throw that crap out. Like we can't record this podcast right up until the last minute. Correct. And what you're seeing is these COVID and any kind of announcements with people missing. We don't find out about this stuff until, I mean, sometimes it's 10 minutes before kickoff. Yeah. I'm really, there's one game I'm super curious about. Okay. I think and, I know which one it yeah. is, but okay. So that's, that is a year long buyer beware. Correct. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. No, no refunds, no guarantees. But if you had a bad beat and you felt like it's our fault, I mean, t- let us know on Twitter. That stuff's fun. Yeah. I <laughs> love just... getting crapped on on Twitter. It's great. Um, by the way, uh, to share with you two quick financial situations that happened, which were obviously not Big Ten games because they're just starting. Um, do you remember the Texas TCU game? From the, oh, yeah. Three weeks ago? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. At the end of the game, the quarterback running out time okay. stepped out of the back of the end okay. zone. Yes. Took a safety. Yeah. There was actually deliberation. That went from, I'm going to make this up, but 63 to 65. Yeah. The over under was 64. Oh, Lord. It went over on that one. Oh. And I, I won that. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Me, me and my buddy both won that. And the, um, and the refs were deliberating on like some, it was something controversial. They were discussing. Yes, like, how do we do this? How much money do you have the game on the game? How much money do I have? <laughs> Probably. <that's- laughs> Can we split the winning? Just divide it up. Fair, fair assessment. That probably was a part of the of the uh, discussion that the stripes were having. The other one was just last week. Um, had West Virginia, I think it was minus twenty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were winning by twenty eight. Okay. Puka Williams. Oh. Returned the kickoff with a minute and a half left for a touchdown. So it went. So so then Kansas wound up covering. That was a loss. And then Puka promptly. Took off from the start. Op- opted out. Opted yeah. Out. Yeah. But he's he's a troubled young man, it seems. Seems to be a little bit topsy. Very talented and a little bit troubled. All right. Um, so ready to get in the games? Yes, sir. All right. We got seven games on the slate. Nobody is idle, by the way. That's how it's gonna be every week, except for when we have so hold on. Let yeah. me say it. Idle. Because it's the last time I'll get to say it this year. We can't. We, we have no idle. Weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, there may be games that don't get played, but it doesn't mean they're idle. That's that's not idleness. They're canceled or postponed. They're not buys either, which people erroneously use that term. Yes. But we're, should we come up with our own term? At some no, point? I just want to be able to say idle, idle. for yep. once this year, because it'll be the last time. That will be the last time. First game up on Friday, October 23rd. Illinois at Wisconsin. This is a 7 o'clock p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Badgers now favored by 19 and a half over under at 51. First thing I'll say is this started out with the Badgers favored by 23 and a half. So we've come down four full points by kickoff time. Yeah, that 23 number was crazy. Let's start off with some injuries. Nothing to report out of Champaign. The Badgers, obviously, with quarterback Jack Cohn, everyone knows about that. That's nothing new. But those are the only reported injuries, reported people out. I also wanted to give a a quick shout-out. Where I get all the injury information from is a site called DonBest.com. Okay. It's remarkably up-to-date. Really? I mean, there's occasionally one that I know that they don't, but it's usually, you know, it's always a Big Ten team because we follow it so closely. 
But man, if you really want injury information, donbest.com for NCAA injuries. Awesome plug. So mostly what we have here is the two teams we've expected to have for the last couple of weeks, of course, once we've known about the cone news. So first thing here for me is I'm kind of borrowing off of you. Um, this is a downhill running team with Wisconsin. Duh. Like that's been said 8 million times. Illinois happens to be a defense that, or a team that does pretty well with downhill they straight do. at you running teams. They usually do. I mean, you look at, um, they played IO really tough last year. They obviously beat Wisconsin last year. Two years ago, they were, the score of the Wisconsin game was closer than it looked because they kept shooting themselves in the foot. You had the 63 to nothing game against Iowa, but that was just so many, you know, fluky plays, fumbles, special teams. So usually they do play these teams uh, that, that do straight up, you know, downhill running pretty well. So what I'm looking at right now, though, is their offensive line versus the Illinois defensive line. Literally have that written right here. Yep. So this is my thought. I mean, you nailed it. Dude. I, I, I still believe in here's, – here's what I believe in with the Badgers. Every single thing to do with their defense. I have, I might not have more faith in any unit in the Big Ten more than the Wisconsin defense. The only unit that I would or, or side of the ball that I would have as much faith in would be the Ohio State offense. Yeah. So that much I can hold my hand on, my, uh, hang my hat on. With that being said, on the other side, Wisconsin's offensive line still a lot of confidence there. For yeah. Me. I mean, I, of course, it, but. As we've talked about, the home run threat doesn't seem to be there, or it's got to be proven to me that it is there. Right. So what I see is low scoring. I see this being Mm -hmm. pounded out type of game. Okay, let's bring up one more point. They're calling for rain in Madison on, on, on Friday night, so that could make it a little sloppy. One thing I will say about the Illinois defensive line, though, is they got four seniors up front starting. They've got possibilities. This could end up being a decent Illinois defensive line. I don't know. I mean, Isaiah was coming on at the Isaiah Gay was coming on at the end of the year. You got a senior Owen Carney on the other defensive end. Yeah, Jamal Woods, who was at times the most disruptive defensive lineman on the team last year. I don't know. I mean, I think it could actually be decent. One would think, again, we're talking about the experience factor of Illinois. It's there. We're not expecting them to be a extremely disruptive D-line, but fine. So all of this seems to me is, if I'm looking at the, the, the film from last year, if I'm Paul Christ, the, the, the oops happen when the turnovers happen. Wisconsin, by and large, yeah. controlled that game versus Illinois last sure. year, but they couldn't put it away, and they made mistakes. Yes, it is. What do you think with Graham Mertz, the thought process would be, let's not put too much behind him right number week one first game. Yeah, not, don't put too much on him. Don't expect him to go out and win the game. So they're going to grind the, the ball out, right? That's what I think. And so, not to mention, the, the Illinois defensive backfield is pretty good. So this is you're talking about a, a first game for Graham Mertz, a good defensive backfield, and I think Lovey will probably mix up some coverages more than he normally does and probably – throw a few more blitzes in there more than he normally does with an experienced guy. So, yeah, I just I also see this as a lower-scoring game. I really like the under here. Okay, so getting right into it. My final score is Wisconsin 31, Illinois 13. I think it'll be more like 24 to 13, and Wisconsin will 
tack on a mostly meaningless touchdown at the end of the game, but that's a pretty strong under for me with a slight Illinois cover. So I also still like the Illinois cover. I loved it at 23 and a half, but I just think that's too many points, especially sloppiness. I'm looking at more like a 31 to 17 game. Okay. We're pretty close there then. Okay. All right. Then on next day, Saturday, October 24th, we have got two noon games, AKA 11 o'clock games in the central here. Nebraska at number five, Ohio state, 11 o'clock AM. This is on Fox, their big noon game. We got the Buckeyes by 26 and a half over under 66.5. All right. Looking at the injuries here, we have nothing. Okay. Nothing listed for either team. Good. I like to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have faith that Diedrich Mills and the Nebraska offensive line are going to be able to get some yards. I think so, too. I mean, on, on a kind of a, a new you know, basically replacement defense for the Buckeyes, right? Yep. At least on on the D line. I mean, linebackers by and large, we got some experience there. Yeah, but true. we're talking about hat on hat. I dare to say it's even a a neutral situation with Nebraska's offensive line versus Ohio State's D line. I, I think you could say that because we have a really experienced offensive line on the Nebraska side. And me thinks that's why this line is over unders all the way up to 66 and a half. Huge. Doesn't that mean they expect Nebraska to put some points on the yes, board? Yes, it does. So doesn't that mean Vegas thinks that the defense that Ohio State had on the field last year isn't going to be on the field this Saturday? I think that's what they're saying here. Because there's no way this would be an over under of 66 and a half if we have the number one defense in the country like we had last year. Right. I agree. Okay. So that's... To me, that is what screamed off the page when I saw the over-under and, and the, the spread in this. And I'll give you one more. Just the dual threatiness of Adrian Martinez. Okay. I think that just adds an element, another element, to this inexperienced defensive line Yeah, to, to try to defend. A lot of the talk in the offseason with Nebraska is that they made errors last year from getting away from running between tackles. It's been a point of emphasis all summer and into the fall camp. So that's what I expect to see. On the flip side, this is still Nebraska's defense, and this is still Ohio State's offense. The The reports that Justin Fields is better is scary for anybody, especially for a Nebraska defense that has struggled. Yeah, and in order to, to disrupt Justin Fields at all, you got to get after him regularly. And can they do that with these linebackers? I don't know. I, I you got to prove it to me, Nebraska. And I would say the best way to get after the quarterback is to get them into third and seven, <laughs> third and seven That's plus the number. I, I wonder how often Ohio state is going to get put in third and longs. I don't see it happening that often, right? There is certainly an Avenue that I see here where the final score could be something like 49 to 13. I mean, that is out there, which is still pretty darn close to what, you know, the spread is in this game. We're going to have a little bit better game than that. One um, more thing. Yep. Good weather in CBUS. Which is nice to see. It'll be nice to see some good weather on the TV screen. So um, I've got Ohio State 42, Nebraska 23. I, I came up with that score in my head. Like, that's what seemed to make the most sense to me. Crazy thing is, that is a 
point over under. So it's only one and a half points under the over under. I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't touch the over and under. I think they nailed it with that. But I do feel a little bit better about Nebraska covering that 26 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think those, both of those lines are great. This was tough for me. I, I'm going a little further towards the OSU side, 47 to 20. Okay. And so just, a little bit. And a little bit over. Okay. Just, just barely over. Okay. Makes sense. Long story short, that was a mauling last year in Lincoln. I don't think it's going to look quite that bad this this Saturday. I would agree. I mean, last year it was forty eight to seven in right. Lincoln, and right. and it was it real, was forty eight to seven. Uh, yeah, every bit of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Other eleven o'clock a.m. game on Big Ten Network: Rutgers, Scarlet Knights at the Michigan State Spartans. Sparty by twelve and a half points. Over under forty four point five. Okay, so for Michigan State, we've got C.J. Hayes, wide receiver, is out indefinitely. Also, Jordan Reed, the offensive tackle, is out for them. And nobody for nobody reported for Rutgers. Okay. Um, I expect this to be a pretty good game. Like I do, too. Um, did, were you surprised by the 12-and-a-half line? No. See, no, I was a little surprised by it because— I mean, this was 14 at one point. Okay, so this it came, came down. down. But Sparty covering by— almost two touchdowns. I think that's more of a, that's more of a view on Rutgers, the program than it is on anything else. I think we're going to, and the public's view on Rutgers. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's it. So I, I mean, I, for, for me, maybe, maybe I'm jumping ahead. I see a little value here on Rutgers. I think there's, okay. I think all the values on Rutgers, but here's this thing. I have to hit send on a bet that says Rutgers. There's rules that you have. That's a rule. So I just I don't know if I can get there. You just can't you can't find you can't get your finger like every to, time to I finally yeah. touch the screen on your phone. Uh, but with that being said, will will Rutgers just look better? You know, will their poop be in a group finally? Like, will Shannon get them to look that way? Week one is is it possible that they look that much better? I mean, I I'm drinking the Scarlet Kool Aid right now. I really am. So. Yes, I think they're going to look okay. better. I okay. mean, you they've got a bevy of quarterbacks they can choose from. You got to figure one of those guys in practice has separated himself, right? I think I think he's a guy that just was wearing a different Nebraska or different red uniform last year. I think that's who's going to be their quarterback. Well, I, I think he'll look fine. And yeah, I always thought he was he was good with Nebraska when he when we saw him. So, um so you got two low low scoring teams here though, right? But you got a low over under forty four and a half. And, and can I can I talk on Michigan State a go little bit before it. you go? With I I still have question marks with the front seven for Rutgers. Is that fair? Yeah, it's a little bit better. I think their defensive line will be serviceable, and I think their linebackers will be serviceable, and they got a couple of de- good defensive backs. Okay, so nothing not as bad as what the general public thinks it is. And we but got we're not sh- exactly seeing, you know, a top 50 defense here. No, I, I don't think it'll be top 50. With that being said, I do have some confidence in Michigan State's offensive line. I got yes. I got confidence in their running attack in general, okay? Keeping in mind that starter, Jordan Reed, is out. But they had, I last time I checked, 32 offensive linemen that started last year. Correct. So they're going to have somebody that's going to be able to do fill-in that's got starting experience. Do you want Jordan Reed out there? Of course you do. The offensive line is still going to be fine. I think they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to move the ball. I don't think either one of these coaching staffs is going to feel excited about 
chucking the ball down the field no. a whole bunch. I mean, when that line came, I, I actually predicted it to be lower. So, yes, I know it's a 44.5-point line. But for me, I've got Michigan State 24, Rutgers 13. I mean, it's under. 37 points is what I'm predicting. That's still a touchdown under the over-under, and I still feel pretty good about it, and that is just an ever-so-slight Rutgers cover right there. Yeah, um, so I'm looking at, let's see, two new offensive systems, too. we got to think about that. I mean, we always say biggest line, the biggest you know total of the week, go over. The lowest total of the week, go under. So I'm going to follow that. I'm going with the under, and I'm going with Rutgers covering. I got a 27-16 to 16 game here. Okay. All right. That's a good score. We're pretty darn close here. Go figure, right? All right. Moving on to two afternoon games. First up, the number eight Penn State Nittany Lions at the Indiana Hoosiers, 2.30 p.m. game, F. S1. I like FS1 games. What's the line? We got Nittany Lions by six and a half over under 59.5. All right. So for Indiana, we know about Marcelino Ball, the defensive back slash linebacker out for the season with a knee injury. Penn State, we've talked about Journey Brown. I would say their best offensive player out for the year. We know that uh, Micah Parsons, their best defensive player out for the year. We just found out Devin Ford, running back, will not play on Saturday. Uh huh. And Marcus Wilson, cornerback, questionable to play on Saturday. That's quite a list. Yes, for sir. Penn State yes, right it is. There. Okay. Um. All right. Um. We like Indiana, right? As a team, I love Indiana as a team. Indiana's a good team. Uh, th- th- there is a potential too for Penn State to have a little bit of look ahead here. They play Ohio State next week. But I feel like that look-aheadness gets pulled back when it's the first game of the season. It does. It's hard to overlook the first opponent. You've got a lot of time to prep for that. Correct. And you just, the the angst and excitement to play the game. Um, so I, there's there's things here that we like about Indiana. The, the, the situation, the matchup, the, the, you know, the personnel even. With that being said, if I go down the line and I compare O-line to O-line, D-line to D-line, I don't know if I can come up with any area where Indiana definitely has the advantage over Penn State other than receivers. Yeah. Indiana definitely has better pass catchers. That's probably true. But now you flip it around. But hold on, though. So at running back, basically the Lions are down to Keziah Holmes, the true freshman, and Noah Kane. Noah Kane. You got Samson James and and Stevie Scott for Indiana. I think I might Might give Indiana the advantage there. Or a push. I mean, it's close, I guess. Is I mean, they I'm got saying. more experience. Yeah. I like Noah Kane. I mean, Noah Kane's still pretty good quarterback. Noah, Kane, Noah Kane's good. And from what I've seen from that freshman, <laughs> I don't know. Could be one of those. I know. But his first game ever. I get it. I get it. I think there's talent there, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, um, But with that being said, um, pretty much top to bottom, I trust Penn State's defense. Um, I do think Penn State's offensive line is going to look quite a bit better. Um, I, all eyes are going to be on Sean Clifford, right? All eyes are going to be on Sean Clifford the entire year. So I am looking at you, Cliff, and, and seeing how this looks. I, I just got this feeling. I got this confidence that Penn State is just going to, quote, unquote, look good. Okay. Yep. Well, um, IU is a little more physical 
than people give him credit for. Sure. Don't you think? Fair. We got a new offensive system for Penn State. So I'm just seeing a lot of things for me that point to the under here. Okay. I'm high on this Indiana team. This is an old team. I know Penn State's good, but they've got a lot of players out. I, I, I'm not picking Indiana to win, but I really like Indiana on the cover here and just a little bit under. I'm going 31-28, Nittany Lions. Ooh, 31-28, good game then. Field goal game. Okay. Yes, sir. I mean, I'm not too far away from you. I got Penn State 34, Indiana 24, so that's technically a three-and-a-half-point cover for Penn State. Like it, don't love it, and that is a slight, slight under. I'm only a point-and-a-half under the 59-and-a-half-point total. I think they pretty much nailed that one right there. Next game up, last afternoon game, the Iowa Hawkeyes at the Purdue Boilermakers, 2.30 p.m., Big Ten Network. Line is Iowa by three and a half, over under 54.5. All right, so Iowa. We know about Jamon, how do you say it? Jamon Colbert? Jamon. Jamon Colbert is out for the season. Uh, Sounds like Jack Corner, defensive back, will not play on Saturday. And some rumblings, perhaps, of, Jack Campbell, linebacker, almost not playing? Almost for sure, Jack almost Campbell. Sure. I would say for sure Jack Campbell, rumblings of corner. Okay, and then for Purdue, Jackson Anthrop, wide receiver, out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. And that's a that's a gadget guy, too. And if this would, this would be our first time to have a coach in the injury list. Good point, you know? We should bring that up. I mean, that's... Rom like Tom, not coaching. You know, it would be a loss for anybody, but I would say Ohio State... Nebraska, definitely Purdue. These are the higher level uh, uh, um, involvement for the play calling sure. from the head coach. That's a big loss for Purdue. It's, a, it's not, yeah, it's a huge loss. Now, did you hear that he's appealing to be able to communicate yeah. with the coaching staff? Correct. I'm sorry. That shouldn't is, be able that's to do not that. How, no, yeah. that's not I mean, you how. Follow. I mean, basically, it's, don't get me wrong. If I'm Brom, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So I don't blame him one bit. But in the end, there's rules laid out. It's just you got to go by the rules. I don't right. know how else to say it. Yeah, yeah. I, so I I agree that he should be able to do it, but he shouldn't be able to do it because that's how the rules are laid out. I don't know. That's probably not a good way to to put that. Um, so a lot of variables here. We've already gone over one. Brom being out. Um, brother looks like he's going to be the head coach slash play caller as well. Never called plays before in his career. Right. Um, how is the Iowa psyche? You know, some would might say that we sidestepped it in the last pod, but this is a team that seems to need to play maybe more than any other team. In yeah, the Big it's a good 10. point. I mean, the, everything that happened in the off season, it could divide the locker room, but it could also bind them together. So we don't know what's going to happen until we actually see it. On the flip side, the return of Rondale Moore, Purdue is going to be hype. And you got David Bell out there too with Jack Corner down. Is that an opening for Purdue to score some points here? I think we are going to see points in this game. Yeah, um, last uh, night I watched the Iowa-Purdue game from uh, last year. By and large, Iowa just controlled that game from first to third and a half quarter. Okay, I mean, there was never any point. But on the other side, I mean, they could not guard um, David uh, Bell. David Bell. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's one of those few times where you see a wide receiver and you feel like he could just do whatever he wants to the entire game. He did do whatever he wanted to yep. the entire game. The throw or the, the coverage was not bad. The coverage, most of those throws were fine. 
the throws were good. Yes. The catches were incredible that he was making. Absolutely. He just, it was so now I've got the nervousness as an Iowa fan. We're knowing he's on the field as well as Rondale Moore. Yes. Uh, with what seems to be an already eh, iffy as far as Iowa defenses go, and then you just take a couple starters out. Well, it's, it, it's it's concerning. So not only corner, but down by two at the linebacker position. Correct. So you're getting pretty deep into that. Room. Now they're going to run a ton of cash, the four, two, five. I okay. think they might even go a ton of dime with that. You know, they might have they were going to do that anyways, knowing, you know, the scale or the scheme sure. for Purdue. So it takes a little bit of bite out of those linebackers being gone. But but don't get me wrong. Having Nick Neiman as the only linebacker with a ton of experience doesn't exactly make me feel sure. totally confident. So I still have a lot of questions for Purdue on defense. I still have a lot of questions for them running the ball, but I see points in this game. Yeah. Um, I, what I wonder is, does Iowa have not a distinct, but a a somewhat easy to see advantage in the trenches on both sides? I I feel really good about Iowa's yeah. offensive line. I do think Purdue has a good defensive line. They Don't do. get me wrong. But yes. I would still nudge in Iowa's favor. On the other side, I, I think there's enough there for the Iowa D line to at least would, show out pretty well in the running game to get Purdue into consistent third and seven plus plays to to get down the field. So yep. good weather in West Lafayette for this game. So I, I see a lot of points. I, I think the big thing that sticks out here for me is just Jeff Brom not being on the sideline. So I like Iowa to cover this one fairly easily. I like the over in this one by a little bit. I'm going Iowa and the over 34-24. Okay. All right. Um, we're darn close. Uh, I got Iowa 28, Purdue 24. So we had the same okay. score. For Purdue, so I have a slight under and a very slight Iowa cover. I might not be able to separate myself from the angst and emotion of this, but this just looks like your prototypical Iowa winning on the road. By the way, there's something freaky like 24 and two as a road favorite against the uh, uh, straight up in the last like three years. It's insane as a road okay road favorite, favorite straight up 24 there's something and two. like. I'm going to, I might be off, but like 24 and two. And it's also crazy, like 20 and six against the spread. It's been, yeah, it's I mean, been that's, a crazy run of covers for Iowa on the road as a favorite. Yeah. That just, that, that's, a that's a thing. It's a sign. It's of same. Good, it's, it's just, a, it's a sign of good coaching. It's a coach. It's it the is. same coaching staff. Yeah. So. All right. Then we move into the evening and we've got two evening games. I think we're going to start out with this one. The Maryland Terrapins at the Northwestern Wildcats, 6.30 p.m., Big Ten Network, line Northwestern by 11.5, over under 55.5. Yeah, so we got a long list here for these teams. Um, and some of these we've talked about, but I'm just trying to remind everybody as we're on the eve of the first game, Vincent Fly, defensive back for Maryland, out. Austin, and that's for the whole season. Austin Fontaine, offensive lineman, Josh Jackson, quarterback. All three of those guys opted out. Chig Okunkwo, tight end, out for the season for personal reasons. And Northwestern uh, dealt a few blows here recently with Sandboot Miller, defensive end, and Travis Willock, defensive back, out for the season. They opted out also. This one, kind of hot off the press, is Greg Newsom, cornerback, out for the game. So, I mean, you're talking about losing a starting safety, your best cornerback, and probably your def best defensive lineman are out for this game from a very good defense, mind you. You better take a drink right there. You might have cotton mouth after all that list of players you just How about named it? off. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
let's just preface this. This seems to be screams to me, stay away for the spread. All right. I got, I got, I got bigger thoughts on a different side of it, but an old, an old arty expression, a buddy of mine, I've probably used this on here before. If you gamble on two shitty teams, expect a shitty result. And (laughs) that is why I would stay away from the line on this one. Uh, Um, So to me, honestly, all eyes are on the Northwestern offense. Um, Northwestern fans seem to be pretty confident that the offense is going to look a lot better. There are reasons to believe that the offense will look better. I mean, we've kind of jokingly said it can't look any worse than it did right. last year. I this is not a good defense that that they're going against or at least it sure hasn't seemed like it's been a good nope. defense for quite some time. If I'm a Northwestern fan, I do want to see Northwestern putting some points on the board. All right, how many points do you think they can put though? I okay. mean, you got you got how how fast can Peyton Ramsey settle in at quarterback and not to mention everybody else starting to run a new scheme. Okay. Let me get to there. Let's work through Maryland quick and then let's get there. Okay. Sure. Um, can Maryland just look better? They, they looked so bad for the last half of the year last year. Is, was there a bit of a regrouping that has happened in the off season? Okay. Like, can, can it look better? Like a more, like they just they just looked all over the all over the board last yeah, year. Yeah, it was year one under lock, so you got to yep. figure they're gonna look a little better in year two. Okay, at least more organized, don't look, you think? Get your poop in a group. Line we, up. We need to see that look better your second year. Line up in the right place and do your assignment. Okay, that's what we need to see. Now to continue back on to what you said, sometimes you look at things on these lines and it just don't make sense. So. What we're looking at here is when they say Wildcats by 11 and a half, okay, let's call it 12. Sure. And they put the over under at 55 and a half, let's call yep. it 55. What they're saying is they expect Northwestern to win 34 to 21. Correct. Do you think Northwestern is going to put up 34 points? No, I don't think so. I found that incredible. Now, I probably talked a little too much smack versus Northwestern in the beginning of this breakdown. I apologize, but like I had tons, I still have faith in Northwestern's defense. My guess is some of these guys they knew were going to be out for quite some time. That gives Fitzy the time to have some Fitz magic happen with the defense. I still have faith in the defense. Okay, yeah. I have faith that they're going to make Maryland stay patient and move down the field. Maryland doesn't like to stay patient. They need big plays True. to hit in order to have these big points on the board. I don't see that coming out of them. So I've got a final score, Northwestern 26, Maryland 13. Could be a little bit low on Maryland's score, but I still feel it. So I'd like this way under with a slight Northwestern cover. Yeah, we're pretty similar on that. So traditionally you got Northwestern good on both sides of the of the line of scrimmage. Maryland, we know this year, is going to be probably pretty bad on both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's where we're going to win this game here. Now, with cornerback Greg Newsom out, we got some pretty good receivers for Maryland, so I think they can score some points. I'm actually pretty close to you on this one. I've got 27 to 17 cats, so that's the under and the Maryland Terps go- covering by a point and a half. Ever so slightly. Okay. Now, hold on. Before we move on, I want to bring up one thing about the University of Maryland Terrapin football program that we're going to do this year. On the Eyes on Big podcast. Now, last year, as we know, Maryland attempted five field goals on this season and made two of them. Joseph Petrino, their kicker. 
we somehow missed that they were not even attempting field goals for most of the season. We It came upon us pretty late in the season. We're going to run a ticker for every field goal they attempt, the Terps attempt this year. You and I are going to do a shot during the, the wrap-up show. I like it. Okay. Now, the only thing is that wrap-up shows on Sundays could be rough sometimes. I might I might well, do some of the shots the night before. Well, I mean, if <laughs> let's say he's he attempts ten field goals all season. Right. That's you know just it's okay. about one a game. Could I get, think you can do a Sunday shot. Could it could get it could get come some of our Sundays off to a good start. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it'll, I'm in. It'll take the edge off for me. Yeah. Well, it'll take the edge off for me, too, just for completely different And reasons. by the way, good weather in Evanston, too, good. this weekend. All right, so that brings us to the... Also at 6.30 p.m., the number 18 Michigan Wolverines at the number 21 Minnesota Golden Gophers. This is, the big, this is not only the Big Ten game of the week, this is the national game of the week on ABC, Kirk and the Crew. Calling the game, coming into Minneapolis. What do we got for a line? This is Michigan by three and a half points, over under 54.5. Okay, so for injuries, for Michigan, we got a few here. We know Dylan McCaffrey transferred out. Nico Collins, wide receiver, opted out for the season. For Minnesota, we know about Demetrius Douglas, wide receiver, opted out. And it sounds like maybe Tyler Newbin, safety, is out. For, not just for not, Saturday. Yeah, not so much of an opt out. Um, we we've heard pretty strong rumors. I probably I'm sick of talking about. It. I'm sure people are sick of hearing about it. But like pretty strong rumors on Newbin, another linebacker, a D line that's three on defense. It seems to be somewhat general knowledge that Mount Falele and and um, um, Curtis Dunlap Dunlap are gone from the right side of the offensive line. So I don't know if I believe any of this. Okay. All right. You okay. Want, now want to put a friendly bet on it. Well, no, I don't. Okay. But, I mean, all it's been up to this point is rumors. But I did you read the PJ quote? Where, By the way, I saw this reported two different ways. They asked him how many guys were going to be out, I think. And he said not 65, so I thought he was just playing around. But then they asked him how many guys – then it was reported how many guys are you going to have. And he said not 65. Like I, indicating that there's like some COVID breakout. But I saw it reported both ways. Like – I don't know Here, what he here's they, here's another thing. I so that's another it's another thing that's been thrown out there because I saw that too that le- leads you to believe something is amiss. But is, right? he ju- is it, it just all smoke and it mirrors? Could be. It could be. Let me ask you this: uh, uh, Game day's coming here, right? Big yeah, deal, yeah. right? What have you heard much from PJ this week? No. What's up with that, dude? You couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting PJ. Before the Minnesota-Wisconsin game last November, right? He okay. was everywhere, man. Okay. What what's going on? You you nothing to that? You don't think or no, is he I a mean, little bit? Is he a little bit? Eh, I gotta you know watch what's going on inside my own house instead of getting out and doing PR for this. There's game. so many. I have so many question marks there. There's just so many unknowns for me. Right. Here's another one. This game started out by Minnesota being favored by a point and right. a half. It yeah. swung all the way to Michigan at three and a half. Five points. You're trying to tell me there's not something there, too? Something's up. Something stinks in Denmark. Well, I know. And so games like this, I would just stay away from. Sure. I don't want to put money down in a game like this. But, you know, weather is going to be a big factor in this. I saw some people saying that, well, 
the crappy weather is going to help Michigan. I thought, well, how the hell is that possible? Yeah, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't me. make any sense to me because Minnesota can run the ball, first of all. Okay, maybe their their passing game is more, more limited, but they're more used to the cold and snow than anybody from Ann Arbor is. Yeah, I, I don't – Trying to pick out a favorite as far as weather goes, I don't see it here. That just doesn't make well, any I sense. Well, I go edge gophers with the weather. Because a little bit more ground and pound, and their typical passing tree is short slants, quicker, easier throws It's to a hit. good point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. I mean, they're both pretty much power running teams, so I think that's kind of a wash. I just think that I agree. Minnesota people are are used to the weather. Yeah, I I. I guess I'm just, again, I'm just saying I don't think the weather, it doesn't have any effect on me swinging towards the line. It does have effect on me swinging for the under with this. I, I see, right. I, I have quite a bit of faith in Michigan's defense. I have yeah. quite a bit of faith in Minnesota's offense. So you got strength versus strength. There. Yes. Flip it to the other side. I mean, I do have faith in a Joe Rossi coach defense. He's shown yes. that over and over again. Okay. Yep. So I think they're going to look pretty good on defense. Michigan's offense, a lot of question marks there. Like you've pointed out, where are the playmakers? Where are the playmakers? So I think that's Just that's fair. Yep. With that being said, you know, with so many different variables in there, I don't think anybody's got a real huge special teams uh, advantage here. Both special teams pretty good. Neither one of these teams, even even when Michigan's had their bad spells, if they're when they've let me take that back, when they've had their bad spells, it's because they've turned the ball over. They seem to have righted the ship with that about halfway through the year last year. Now, Mm -hmm. you throw in a different quarterback. That could be a thing. I just feel like ball security is going to be such a big thing that Harbaugh and P.J. is going to preach. P.J. preaches it all the time. He does. The the ball's the program, right? So I just don't see a ton of risks being taken in this game with the weather, with the big stage. Everything screams under uh-huh. for me. I agree. Um, I, I I don't see a ton of downfield um, throws being made by the Michigan offense to all of a sudden pop out a 40-yard touchdown pass play. Everything screams under to me. I believe that there is more there for Michigan to feel good about. I'm going to go Michigan 27, Minnesota 20. That's quite a bit under, over a touchdown under with a Michigan cover. Yeah, I'm really close to that. I'm going 27 to 24, so we got a little bit under, and I've got Minnesota covering that line. So you got Michigan winning? I got Michigan winning, 27 okay. to 24. Okay. I do. Yeah. One more thing, though. No, that's that's a Minnesota cover. Th- three and that's, a half points. That's what I just said, didn't I? Minnesota okay. cover. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, but one more thing about the weather is they get to practice in it this week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, you, again, I just – I think sometimes you get down to semantics, like obviously, you know, a Texas tech, you know, style of offense or whatever. Those, those are definitely going to be, have issues with, with the weather. I just don't see either one of these teams having different styles enough to pick out up who's going to have an advantage. Yeah. Okay. But this is an interesting game. I mean, to me, it is the most interesting game easily of the week. I I, got to be honest with you. I find every single one of these games intriguing. Yeah, they're all intriguing. But, like, I just can't wait for the beginning of this game just to see who Minnesota rolls out onto the field. It is going to be incredible. Yep. And I'm going to have a bourbon in my hand at that point. Hopefully you're sitting next to me, buddy, because I'm going to have that same bourbon going as well. All right. Well, I mean, if that's an official invite, then I'll be there. Okay, buddy. That's two nights in a row because you're coming over for Illinois, uh, um, Wisconsin tomorrow night, right? Um, yeah, I'll come over for that game. Yeah. Sure. Got the podcast uh, 
hat off. Now I put the Iowa hat on the rest of the weekend, and uh, I'm going to be cheering for the Illini with you, buddy. And I've got my Illini shirt on. Looks good, buddy. Which I might have to wash so I can wear again tomorrow. Again tomorrow. <laughs> All right. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. We will talk to you soon.